baby episode 468 we're going to be continuing our discussion on the patriot act and similar laws that affect motorcycle clubs and bikers this is part two to see part one you just want to go over to episode 467 we talked about it on bring it to the table this episode is brought to you by class at cleaning out of dubuque iowa baby get on over there and check them out we'll have their commercial later on in the program uh to start things out though i want to go over another half of the ncom biker news bites uh that was compiled by bill bish of the national coalition of motorcyclists don't forget before i do to go over to our discord server it is really starting to grow over there they have a lot of awesome moderators really appreciate all their help they're building a really great site over there no censorship uh just a couple rules and stuff go into the welcome channel to see those rules they are enforced over there uh also odyssey get on over to our odyssey channel every tuesday by four o'clock i released a no holds bar non-censored video just like you were used to when motorcycle madhouse came out in the first place now let's get to the news bites and then we'll get into our discussion again about the patriot act new year old business with the new 117th congress now in session well <laughs> at the writing that was supposed to be in session but they took a week off i wish you know i could do that kind of stuff and still get paid by the you know citizens anyway and the biden administration proposing a two trillion dollar transportation and infrastructure plan to reauthorize federal funding for highways vehicle safety and public transit before the september deadline motorcyclists are once again tasked with including motorcycle friendly provisions in the new highway bill Last session's Moving Forward Act, H.R. 2, included provisions to increase motorcycle safety funds to states by 25%, up to $5 million. Extend the prohibition against using federal funding for motorcycle-only checkpoints, and also prohibit using federal funds to profile and stop motorcyclists based on their mode of transportation or style address require the dot to consider motorcycles in safety studies on autonomous vehicles and include motorcycle safety group in the dot working group on autonomous vehicle deployment that's one of the big things that RF is uh, working on right now. Uh, extension of the Motorcyclist Advisory Council, including a seat on the Council for Motorcyclist Rights Groups and Manufacturers. That would only be fair, don't you think? I think it's fair. Added an amendment during a floor vote in the House to provide federal monies to collect state profiling data regarding traffic stops based on, quote, mode of transportation 
failing to pass. These are the bills that failed to pass. Like all other failed bills, the massive transportation measure will need to be dealt with all over again in the coming months. Contact your congressional representatives and U.S. senators to include these much-needed provisions in the newly introduced legislation by calling the U.S. Capitol switchboard at 202-224-3121. Likewise, despite having ganged over 130 bipartisan co-sponsors, House Resolution 255, to address the issue of anti-biker profiling on a national level, failed due to the House inaction and will need to be reinduced and readdressed this two-year session. Once again, the National Coalition of Motorcyclists, NCOM, and the Confederation of Clubs are calling on all motorcyclists nationwide from patch holders to independents to contact their congressional representatives to ask for their support on anti-profiling measures similar to senate resolution 154 passed by unanimous consent in uh the u.s senate uh as defined by non-biting uh senate resolution 154 motorcycle profiling means quote the illegal use of a fact that a person rides a motorcycle or wears motorcycle related apparel as factor in deciding to stop in question take law enforcement action arrest or search a person or vehicle with or without legal basis under the constitution of the united states that is edited and compiled by bill bish again of the national coalition of motorcyclists yes 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 Get involved, my mans and women. <laughs> also, Motorcycle Profiling Project. Very excited, man. I talked about this the other day. Double D has now started a podcast. Uh, Double D is a one percenter. He's an outsider. Out in Washington, he's heavily involved in the fights for biker rights, motorcycle profiling, the whole nine yards. Uh, last episode, he had on a individual that was in Waco during the Twin Peaks deal. What an episode, man. What an episode. It's only five bucks. Only five bucks a month. And that help goes to support the program. You're going to get all kinds of history, all kinds of uh, first-hand accounts out of this kind of stuff. Need to go over to MotorcycleProfiling.com and go uh, subscribe to this, man. Put your uh, you know effort into it and help support his cause. Very important stuff, man. Very important stuff. Now, yes, now, let's uh, continue our discussion on the, the Patriot Act and similar laws. And when I'm talking about similar laws, it's just like the one I talked about yesterday, the 2009 Gang Abatement and Pre uh, Prevention Act. Uh, that was S-132 out of the 111th Congress. And it's also the reason why I'm covering this so extensively is because uh, U.S. President Joe Biden 
ordered law enforcement to uptick their uh, evaluations on domestic extremists. And we have heard law enforcement say time and time again, especially in Volusia down in Florida, that schmuck, you know, he was, uh, I seen that interview with him, I think it was a lieutenant or deputy chief, something like that, flanked by two FBI guys, you know, outright saying that, uh, you know, motorcycle clubs are domestic extremists. So not only you have to uh, deal with the Patriot Act, but you have to deal with these local laws. Now, one of the things I really want to talk about in this episode is the fourth amendment many people do not know what the fourth amendment means i say it's time you know to get back to basics you know with these kids in schools and teach them about the constitution but more importantly i believe adults and especially bikers need to know your rights need to know them sad state of affairs if you don't but anyway, let, you know, let's talk about the Fourth Amendment here. And this came from a website, I think it was a legal one. And it kind of broke down what the Fourth Amendment is, and that's the way I wanted to break it down for you guys. Uh, it just makes it easier. Now, the interest protected under the Fourth Amendment. Let me read here. The Fourth Amendment of the Constitution provides that Quote, the right of the people to be secure in their persons, houses, papers, and effects against unreasonable searches and seizures shall not be violated and no warrant shall issue but upon a probable cause supported by oath or affirmation and particularly describing the place to be searched and the person or things to be seized. The ultimate goal of this provision is to protect people's right to privacy and freedom from unreasonable intrusions by the government. However, the Fourth Amendment does not guarantee protection from all search and seizures, but only those done by government and deemed unreasonable under the law. Yes, 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 yes. So I'm gonna we're gonna go and listen to Rand Paul over on Fora.tv. A lot of people have been loving that I'm, uh, you know, going over some videos and stuff that others have done that make some really good points on what our discussion is about. So let's go over there and uh, check this one out. It is titled, The Patriot Act, NSA Violates, Fourth Term. Let's listen. We have enemies. We need to know who will attack us, and some of them are over here. We need to know who they are. My uh, defense is of the Fourth Amendment. The Fourth Amendment says that you have to name a person, all right? If I see a warrant, one Snowden revealed, said Verizon on it. I don't know anyone named Mr. Verizon. And I think that's a generalized warrant. This is one of the, you know, John Adams said that this was one of the sparks that uh, led to the American Revolution, was this idea that soldiers could write warrants, 
We allow that now. They're called national security letters, and under the Patriot Act, an FBI agent can write a warrant. I play golf with one of mine at home. He's a friend of mine. He's like, you don't trust me? And I said, yes, I trust you. I would. I really do trust him. I think he's a good person. It's not about whether individual general good or FBI mm -hmm. agents in general good. I think, I think almost all of them are good. I would say 99% of police and FBI mm -hmm. agents are good. It's about restricting the law so bias can't enter into it. So you don't have now this video when Ron Paul or Rand Paul, my I love Ron Paul his father, uh, but anyway, it uh, is in 2015, and this was way before uh, that uh, funny business in 2016 with the FISAs and all that type of stuff. And John Durham right now is actually, uh, you know. Well, supposedly into this stuff we'll see but you know he mentioned edward snowden and we talked about him on yesterday's episode uh it was some scary stuff that uh, edward uh released about uh their intrusion into our privacy you have general warrants and you have checks and balances if the police go to a house and they think a rapist is inside the house they didn't see him run in but they want to capture him and they think they're in the house to get inside the house, they stand on the curb and they call a judge. It's a check and balance because there was a time in parts of our country where maybe it was a white police officer and they just said, well, you know, black men are guilty and we're just going in the house as a black man until we find one we think committed a crime. Mm -hmm. Some of that happened in our country and so that's why you call a judge to prevent bias from entering into it. Now, he brings up bias. If you look at that incident, uh, where that bandito down in Texas uh, who had the illegal concealed uh, carry uh, deal or the one that, uh, and I think we showed a video of that the other day, where a guy gets pulled over because he's just wearing uh, colors. Next thing you know, they're telling him, well, you'll go to jail if you don't let us take pictures of you or don't let us get this kind of information. I truly believe that was a violation of the Fourth Amendment, uh, undue uh, search and seizure. And the only thing he had it based on was that uh, Texas gang list. You also individualize the warrant. If you write a general warrant, the one that says Verizon on it means everybody has Verizon, we can look at all of their records. That to me is a general warrant. General warrant, very tricky business when it, uh, and like he said, uh, Snowden released where it said Verizon. Now, you know, imagine putting in a 1% club. Now they're saying, okay, let's just take uh, the Hells Angels, Mongols, whoever. Everybody that's a Mongol or Hell's Angels uh, subject uh, to that warrant. It's against the spirit and the letter of the Fourth Amendment. And so when I say I'm not against the NSA, I'm for them going and doing their business in a Fourth Amendment consistent fashion. So, for example, um, the Sonarif boy that was responsible for the bombing. Russians tipped us off. We investigated him. That's probably enough probable cause. Even when we couldn't arrest him then, continue to tell a judge we want right. to look at his phone call. If, you were, if I were the judge and they called me up and say, the Russians have tipped us off, this is the evidence we have, you give me permission to look at Sonara's phones, I'm there, I say Why yes. Why didn't they do that? Do you have any sense from hearings and everything I else? I don't know. What they also didn't know he went back. I heard this, at least read one report, didn't know he went back to... Going names. forward. But that, that's not doing good work on the people we have evidence on. Simpson, the 
those recent terrorists that went to Garland. So he goes on to talk about, uh, you know, that case right there. But I love how uh, Rand uh, talks about the Fourth Amendment. And that kind of gives you a background on how important the Fourth Amendment is to us. A lot of people quote uh, the First and the Second Amendment. But the Fourth Amendment, uh, I actually think it should have been the first one. Because, uh, like he said, that actually sparked the revolution of the United States. Uh, was quartering freaking troops, uh, them writing warrants, being able to bust down your doors. Uh, the whole nine yards. And with what Snowden released about that NSA spying, man, that should have everybody freaked out. The problem is the media doesn't talk about it. So many people are not educated on how it's happening, why it's happening, and how it goes against every right you have. That's just like these big tech platforms, how they're collecting your personal information and selling it, you know, to say advertisers and stuff. And it's like, damn, man, why don't I get a cut of my own information if you're selling it to make money? So that's where, you know, to protect your privacy online, you got to get, uh, you know, different type of browsers uh, like Tor or freaking Brave. That's a good one. Use your VPNs because we're in a technological world where you got to protect your damn privacy. Same goes with on the streets. Like he was talking about, what's very scary was the fact that those general warrants now, again, he used Verizon as an example. Can you imagine just putting in a club and next thing you know, everybody in that club is freaking uh, a part of this warrant deal? Uh-uh. No, thank you, as uh, China Dow would say, man. Now, let's go into uh, a different ways that the Patriot Act violates the Fourth Amendment. Let's take a look over here at Newsmax. And this again was written in 2015. 2015. What was it? Uh, I don't know, about 10 years. No, because it was 2004. I don't know. I got to look it up. Uh, it was in the last episode. I forgot already. Because uh, I believe that it has to be re-upped every four years. Now, this was a big story back in 2015 because the provisions of the Patriot Act were expiring in mid-2015. And the Freedom Act redefined the National Securities Agency's role in phone data collection the constitutional issues of the Fourth Amendment and their... To continue to be carefully examined uh, and what's funny is that the Patriot Act was only supposed to be for a certain time it was a knee jerk reaction to what happened on September 11th now it, it, we're talking about September 11th I believe they already knew something was going to happen and they use that as an excuse to go after our privacy. You know, that's what I believe. Yeah, I don't know what you guys believe about it. Uh, but basically, it enabled the uh, Department of Homeland Security and other law enforcement agencies 
to easily attain records on individuals without their knowledge. Now, number one, sneak and peek warrants, section 213. Sneak and peek warrants, also called delay notification warrants, allowed law enforcement to conduct a covert search without informing the suspect of the search until later. In 20, or 2007, a district judge found such warrants to be unconstitutional. However, so there was a good judge out there, the government appealed the ruling and these warrants still remain concerns for citizens today. The second one, roving wiretaps. And I'd be interested in hearing if any of you guys in the clubs might have got caught up in this type of stuff where they use these uh, roving wiretaps or they use the sneak and peek warrants. Roving wiretaps have long been used in criminal cases to allow law enforcement to, quote, follow a target across multiple telephone or internet accounts when there's reason to believe the suspect is frequently changing lines to frustrate surveillance. However, the Patriot Act expanded the use of the power. Now, these wiretaps can be used in cases of intelligence on top of criminal activities. Uh, the Cato Institute argued the intelligent cases violate the Fourth Amendment by allowing broader requirements for these taps. They explained in criminal cases, law enforcement must provide at least a named suspect or at least specific facilities that will be monitored. In the intelligent investigations, only a specific description or target needs to be given. And I believe that's what Rand Paul was talking about. Third uh, deal, trapping uh, trace searches, also known as pen register searches. These searches do not obtain content, but rather transa uh, transactional and addressing information attached to a communication. The LC or ACLU argued these are a breach of the Fourth Amendment since there are no probable cause requirements in obtaining the warrants. The FBI, and we all know how they love motorcycle clubs, must only certify to a judge without having to prove it that such warrant would be relevant to an ongoing criminal investigation. And the judge does not even have the authority to reject it. That right there is scary. Scary. They don't even have a right to reject it. <sighs> then you got the bulk delay, uh, data collection and storage. Uh, then the intelligent wiretaps. And that rounds out the top five concerns, according to Sarah Barth of Newsweek. And that was back in 2015. Now, let's go to the ACLU and their explanation why the Patriot Act's expansion of record searches is unconstitutional. Uh, Section 215 of the Patriot Act violates the Constitution in several ways. It violates the Fourth Amendment, which says the government cannot conduct a search without obtaining a warrant and showing probable cause to believe that the person has committed or will commit a crime. 
violates the First Amendment's guarantee of free speech by prohibiting the recipients of search orders from telling others about those orders, even when there is no real need for secrecy. It violates the First Amendment by effectively authorizing the FBI to launch investigation of American citizens in part for exercising their freedom of speech. And then again, violates the Fourth Amendment by failing to provide notice even after the fact to persons whose privacy has been compromised. Notice is also a key element of due process which is guaranteed by the Fifth Amendment. Again, you can look at the, this at ACLU.org. Very good stuff there from the ACU on this uh, material. Uh, we're going to take a quick break. Give my voice some time to, uh, you know, regurgitate or heal, whatever the hell you want to call it. Then we're going to come right back with... Uh, uh, the gang abatement uh, laws, and also some biker news. We'll be right back. Hi, I'm James Hollywood Machikari. Join me Monday through Friday for Motorcycle Mayhem Morning Show on YouTube Live, Facebook, and all major podcasting platforms where we talk about all the major biker news going on in the scene. Rock on. Okay, I really like this article by Heritage.org. This goes all the way back to 2007. Now, these older articles just show you how much and how different it was back then when it came to privacy concerns uh, compared to what it is today. Very different way of thinking nowadays on some of these laws than it was way back then. That is scary as well. Uh, violence, and this right here is the Gang Abatement and Prevention Act, a counterproductive and unconstitutional intrusion into state and local responsibilities. Now, the most re uh, recent examples of this legislation, this was back then, was the Senate's Gang Abatement and Perfection Act of 2007, S-456, and its counterpart in the House of Representatives. Now, it would have created a new ho uh, host of new federal criminal offenses, dramatically increased federal penalties for offenses that Bill characterized as gang crimes, and spend hundreds of millions of dollars dollars in the case of S456 and at least 1.1 billion on new and expanded federal programs. Mm -hmm. Here's the constitutional objections that they laid out from the heritage.org. Violent street crime committed by gang members is a problem common to many states. So federal involvement may seem like a good ideal. To warrant federal involvement, however, an activity must fall within Congress's constitutionally granted powers. There are serious reasons to doubt that S-456 and S or HR 1582 do so. Again, this is just the background of how the fight went back then. Especially now that this uh, new administration is ramping up 
calls on uh, domestic extremism and stuff. Basically, if you were alive during the 90s, you would have heard of Right Waco. You would have heard of the first Waco, by the way. Or uh, Ruby Ridge and stuff. It got pretty bad up there. The problem now is the left, and I can even argue some of the right, uh, they believe in a stronger federal government where everything was supposed to be based on state rights. I really encourage people to go check out the Federalist Papers and see what it was really supposed to be attended about. Uh, in the course of striking down provisions of the Violence Against Women's Act of 94, the Supreme Court in 2000 affirmed the fundamental limits on the legislative power created by the Constitution. Every law enacted by Congress must be based on one or more of its powers enumerated in the Constitution. The powers of the legislator are defined and limited and that those limits may not be mistaken for God in the Constitution is uh, written. Now, to skirt this limitations, the drafters of S456 attempted to rely on Commerce Clause to establish Congress's power to assert federal jurisdiction over crimes that are essentially local in nature but to fall within Congress's power to regulate commerce among several states. They always use that uh, commerce clause when they want to sneak something through. They do it to this day. Uh, then they go into the, uh, the Supreme Court actions and all that kind of stuff. Uh, and then, the, you know, let's read one final one. The drafters of S456 attempted to take advantage of a similarly broad and erroneous view of the Commerce Clause by including, quote, findings that gang crime disrupts communities by reducing property values and inhibiting corporations from transaction business, presumably because safety concerns make an area less attractive in light of the recent Supreme Court precedent, this sort of lengthy and uh, attenuated chain of caution is insufficient so that had to do with the gang abatement and prevention act back uh, way back uh boy do we got a lot of those freaking laws statewide though now don't we now let's go to some biker news and uh we uh talked about this one story the other day uh this one out of nbc2.com uh the third biker arrested in ohio for north fort Myers Road Rage Attack. A third biker involved in the North uh, Fort Myers uh, Road Rage Attack was arrested Thursday afternoon by investigators in Ohio. Authorities with the North Ohio Violent Fugitive Task Force arrested Ramon Medina Santiago for the January 9th incident uh, involving several bikers who attacked a driver on Lamar Road and Pondella Road. We showed actually uh, some of that stuff happening. Uh, the 28-year-old driver was hit with a wrench and a motorcycle helmet, which caused significant injuries and major damage to his car. He was rushed to the hospital after the attack. Another one arrested, uh, or both, was Roberto Aponte del Toro and Germin de Leon. They all have been arrested, and uh, good, because you know what? They made us look stupid. Anyway, over to Hudson County View, 
Hell's Angels member busted with knife, handgun, and $7,000 in cash in Bayin. Uh, it starts out by saying, this is by John Penis, a Hell's Angel motorcycle gang member, was busted with a knife, handgun, and $7,000 cash, believed to be from gambling proceeds while he was riding as a passenger. Bernard Kronicki III of North Arlington was charged with the possession. Uh, certain persons not to possess a weapon, gang criminality, possession of gambling records, and promoting gambling. Uh, he was taken into custody at approximately 1015 uh, from the area of 18th Street and Broadway. Officers conducted a stop of the vehicle in which he was a passenger. During the stop, while seated in the rear passenger compartment, he proceeded to make furtive moment, uh, movements while gripping items concealed in his pants. After officers requested that he show his hands, an officer was able to observe a knife protruding from his pocket. He was then removed from the vehicle, leading to the recovery of a knife and a 9mm handgun. During the incident, he was wearing clothing indicating that he was affiliated with the Hells Angels motorcycle gang, and it was later confirmed that he was an active member of the Newark chapter of the club. Uh, he was additionally found in possession of gambling records and over $7,000 in proceeds. Always keep your receipts away from the money. He was also later determined to be classified as a certain person not to possess a weapon. Now, let's go on to Corey Graff's Wall of Shame. Two Cleveland police officers arrested after failing to properly report assault. No. Both officers have been placed on a restricted duty with no contact with the public. Uh, Patrol officer Harvey Androvic, 47, was charged with dereliction of duty, obstruction of official business, and civil rights violation and patrol officer Jason Rees, 33, was charged with dereliction of duty, obstruction of official business, and civil rights violation. The charges are a result of the two officers failing to properly report and document an assault and car crash. Both officers have been placed on a restricted duty. Now, Mercedes police officer arrested for public intoxication after dispute with wife at Dollar General. Yes, a police officer in Mercedes, Texas was arrested. Uh, according to the Mercedes police chief, Officer uh, Jesus Ramirez was arrested on Monday. On the day of arrest around 5 p.m., uh, he called several Mercedes police officers and dispatched to have him picked up somewhere in county jurisdiction in the city of Westlaco. Officers learned that Ramirez had been involved in an argument with his wife at Dollar General. Officers heard yelling in the background as Ramirez was on the phone and notified the supervisor. The department uh, then contacted the Hildago uh, Sheriff's Office to notify them of the situation. 
Uh, yeah, that's Corey Grass Wall of Shame right there. Not over to ProudHooligan.com for all your insane throttle official merchandise, including our new Proud Hooligan line. ProudHooligan.com has a wide assortment of gear to make you look good on your next ride. ProudHooligan.com is the go-to for every biker when they want to look good as well as to help the show out while doing it. Visit ProudHooligan.com now. Rock on. Rock on, baby. Get on over there. Let's listen to Class Act Cleaning. Affordable, reliable, and professional cleaning. Class Act Cleaning was opened in September of 1996. Class Act Cleaning is fully insured and bonded. Class Act Cleaning believes if you can do more for the customer, you should. So if you're ready to try a company in the Cedar Rapids area that will go the extra mile to make sure you're satisfied and happy, Give us a call for a free quote. Class Act Cleaning and Janitorial Service, 319-261-0895. Rock on. Rock on, baby. Don't forget to go over there and visit uh, Class Act Cleaning, man. Big D, he's an awesome freaking guy. Go give him business if you're in that area. He is trustworthy, and like they said, they are licensed and bonded. What are your thoughts on the Patriot Act as well as some of these other laws that spun out of them? Be very interested to know what your thoughts are. Don't forget, hit us on the Discord server. The link is pinned in the comment sections, or it's in all of them, man. But on Facebook and YouTube, it's pinned right there. Go over there, hit the server, have some fun is what I tell you. Anyway, I'll see you guys later, and uh, I'll actually see you on the Hollywood and Chinatown, man. You guys take care. We'll be right back.